Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman and Alex Garashenko, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success, and in season two, discuss the future of marketing. Today, I have Vlad Mukertumyan, the CEO of Logic Inbound, a marketing agency that provides both timeless and proven new customer acquisition strategies to drive business growth both locally and across the United States. Welcome, Vlad. Happy to be on the show. You nailed it. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so I want to start with something, uh, and it's a story about one of your previous companies, because I, I think it's just a great and hilarious story. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about Shoplets uh, and what you guys built there? Yeah, yeah. So um, Shoplets was the first kind of quote unquote company I did. And uh, we got 300,000 downloads around there, give or take. And uh, the reason it's called Shoplets is because we knew so little about is my first business is 08. We, I knew business had something to do with shopping, so I said, "Let's let's call it shoplets." You know, let's shop. Maybe we could kind of play around with that. And uh, yeah, that was that was the first company I, I I started doing. We did apps. Yeah, do you want me to? What do you want me to talk about that? Specifically, the the exact type of apps that you guys had. Yeah, so we had quotes applications. So um, basically. I, everybody had uh, Chuck Norris jokes at the time. They were very popular, you know. So I don't know if you guys are fans of Chuck Norris jokes. One of them was like he has a fist under his beard, you know. There's like a million like stupid Chuck Norris uh, jokes. And I looked at the Android App Store in, in uh, 08, and I said, "Wow, there is no Bruce Lee quotes. Like this is crazy, right?" I was like, "Bruce Lee was a huge, you know, influence of mine as a kid because he was tough and independent." Blah blah blah. And so I barge into my cousin's room and I'm like, hey, like, you know, you can make this because you built websites and he's and he's just like a savant when it comes to coding. He's got that personality for it. And uh, we end up spending two weeks. First, we end up spending a day coming up with all sorts of dumb, like Bruce Lee jokes, like whatever Chuck Norris can do, Bruce Lee can do better. Like it's like the, like imagine just two teenage boys coming up with Bruce Lee jokes. Like that's literally what you'd read on the app. And uh, the lucky part was that we were early on into the journey of the app store. And so when you published an app back then, you'd get 500,000 downloads. And I didn't even know that. So in our first two weeks, we got around 1,000 downloads. And after that, my cousin was like, well, what do we do now? And I said, oh, well, let's just start building more and more apps. And then that's how we started uh, kind of making our money. And then um, slowly but surely, right? That was the, the first thing that got me into tech and business. Come on, come on. Share the other uh, the other quote one that you did as well. Oh, Drake quotes. Yeah. So that was the most popular um, that people like to ask about. So he, Drake, so that one was actually a complete accident. Um, I I only heard maybe a couple, like there's like a couple of Drake songs that I listened to at the time. And he was an up and coming uh, rapper. And uh, I did not know that he was actually going to uh, blow up the way he did. Um, and then sooner or later, actually... Um, you know, that app just took off like fire because with his popularity, right? Like nobody, I don't think Drake even knew at the time, right? He was going to be such a huge success. I'm sure he knew he was going to be a success, but back then, right? He exploded and, and nobody else had Drake codes done yet. So we did Drake. We did a, a bunch of others, you know, Shakespeare. Some did great. Some didn't do great. And it was kind of hard to predict, but we knew that celebrities are where the attention was. So, you know, it was just kind of like a free celebrity fan app. Um, you know, we kind of did stuff like that for the fans. I'll try to make this a little relevant now to to the actual podcasts. Uh, is there anything you learned from building that and, and running that company that you still use today? You know, that's interesting because I 
I do look back sometimes, but not as often as I should. And so from that first venture, there's a couple of different things I learned, right? The first is in B2C, it's a lot lower price point. And I didn't understand the value of having a high price point for marketing, right? If you're selling something for $100,000, right? And you have a 50% net margin, right? Then you can spend the other 50,000 to market that thing, right? As long as whatever the costs are, right? Maybe it's 30K, you can put 20K into the, into the marketing, right? And so... That was something that I actually never really uh, stopped to consider until you know the end of that journey, and I went into B two B with kind of higher uh, price points and recurring, right? That's the other thing in B two C recurring B two C companies very hard to build, you know. Like if like if you think of Netflix, you know Hulu, Pandora, any of these companies are very difficult. But if you do get that right, then you got like rocket ship, but it's super difficult. Um, what else did I learn? I learned a lot. The other, the the main thing I I think I found was that if you tie yourself into a popular brand somehow, right, then you can basically use their uh, popularity, right, and then get you create content for them. But at the same time, you gain popularity, right? Just like a podcast, you know, if you have hosts and uh, uh, you know also uh, guests, right, that share their popularity together, and so. That's really, I think, works well for for business, especially PR and media. But, anyways, I can go on forever. So, let me let me know. No, no, that was that was great. And and before I do jump into a little bit more business stuff, um, I actually want to talk about one of the habits that you shared with me last time we spoke, um, which is your journaling. So, can you share a little bit more about why it's important to you and and what you specifically journal about? Hundred um, percent. So, when I was twenty one, I actually met the CEO um, and, and co founder of Costco, Jim Sinegal, at the time. And, and you know, he was first of all taught me that strangers, especially business people, can be super nice, right? He at the time was probably worth at least nine figures plus, right? And uh, you know, Costco even ten years ago was huge; it was a huge company even today, right? But um, basically. He told me to focus on my family, my fitness, my uh, relationships, um, and also uh, business, right? And so I took that and I thought about it and I said, you know what? Family is great, but not everyone is a winner and everything. You know, same thing with friends, right? Like sometimes you grow out of it. But I I said, okay, I'm going to focus on health, wealth, relationships. I actually had a journal and I took tons of notes and I lost the journal. (laughs) I'm notorious for losing my journals. I've actually lost like three at this point. But um, what I do is every night I will take notes and just kind of thoughts to myself or motivation to myself, like things I need to do to improve. And then I I will basically rate myself from one to 10 for health, one to 10 for wealth, one to 10 for relationship building. For relationship building, I actually reach out to awesome people who I either want to A, stay in contact with or B, build a, a relationship with that I've never known. And that's been amazing. And then um, I also write down uh, four different things. So I write down... I have a habit, a really weird habit actually that I've been doing, which is you write down what you're going to do before you do it. And that's like one thing that I do a lot. And I look back and I'm like, wow, all I have to do is really just like blink, write down what I'm going to do. And then I do that task. And it's just this habit that I have. So then I tell myself like the only thing stopping you Vlad, from doing this task right now is just freaking writing it down because I've done it hundreds of times now. Right. And so that's the other thing for the journal. And then I also write down, oh, this is really getting pretty tedious for the listeners. I'm sorry out there. Uh, so I also write down what uh, one question right before I go to bed that I should think about, um, you know, kind of subconsciously. And sometimes I'll write down the answer. Sometimes I won't. Uh, something learned that day, something to improve on. And then last but not least, the last one is what did I enjoy that day? This might be a weird question, but where do you think you would be if you didn't do that stuff? 
I so you know we reached we reached our first million in revenue without me doing that, right? But I imagined so this is really so I imagine like what's the best version of like billionaire Vlad, right? Like if I was you know hit, trying to hit that ten figure club, right? And for some reason, I just imagined myself with a journal and just organizing myself, right? So I think without it, right, I'd still probably be a million dollar company, right? But now we're growing even more. So I think to get to the five to the $10 million level, like you have to uh, basically step up, right? And so this is my way of stepping up. And for the business owners out there, right? Like I have a mentor who never reads books and he journals. I have another one who actually reads tons of books. He doesn't journal. So, you know, but he'll read like two or three. He'll just cycle through them. He's a beast. And uh, these are nine figure plus guys, right? So uh, uh, for their businesses, I think it depends, right? It's whatever helps you. And I think that's the thing, right? Like success is, is I would say, is a combination lock and you have to like create the combination for yourself. This helps me like just stay sane. How do you, I love that. I think, you know, I do a decent amount of reading, but I, I've always wanted to journal and I don't. Um, so I'm glad that you're kind of, we're talking about this and you're pushing me in that direction. I, I love the structure. You, you know, I think a lot of people don't have structure and that's totally fine as well. Um, but I think I really like actually how you structure everything. Um, you mentioned, you know, talking to nine figure people and having mentors. How do you connect with those people? You know, everybody asks me that question and I just think it's hilarious because I think everybody can do it. It's kind of like saying like, you know, how did you meet your partner? How do you find a partner? Right. How did you find your car? You know, um, my mentor actually gave me a crazy tip and I don't know how, uh, much of it I'll take. This is why I have, I tell people to have multiple mentors. So you don't have to agree with everybody about everything. Um, but he said, Vlad, forget the seven figure people you reach out to daily, forget the eight figures. He's like, I want you to only go after nine. So I actually did that in the last month. I reached out to um, two nine, uh, two nine figure guys actually got back to me, right? So, so, but how did that happen? I'm actually now looking for all the nine figure people in my network, and I think about it, and it's just like I always tell people, right? It's just like if you have a, if you're a video game player, you see the other, where all the other websites where all the other video games are. If you are, have a motorcycle, chances are you know the motorcycle scene, and you spot the other motorcycles when you're on, you know, on your bike. So. Um, which I have neither, but <laughs> that's the point. Right? So the point is like, once you start looking for these things, right, your brain, you know, maybe just write it down on a post-it note somewhere, right? You will start finding things and then you will start going that direction. I don't know. This is a little different, but in mar in marketing, I learned, um, you know, obviously when you buy a car, you start to see that car a lot more often. So similar, a little different, but kind of what you're saying as well. Um, now I want to take a step back and, and talk about your business. So can you tell a little bit, tell us a little bit more about uh, Logic Inbound? Yeah, so Logic Inbound, this is my third company. You know, I'm excited because this is, uh, you know, we hit the seven figure mark and now we're just growing. Um, and so we are a marketing agency that specializes in SEO. We also do a little bit of PPC, a little bit of conversion. So I have to do a little bit of everything because what I've learned is, you know, maybe just like a, a I don't know, I, I'm coming up with these weird metaphors, but let's say you're a fighting teacher, right? Like let's say you, tr you teach boxing or jujitsu, your students will go there for you and you are teaching them boxing, jujitsu, but you're also probably teaching them other things like confidence, right? Learning how to stand up for yourself. So, you know, the other aspects is people come to me for uh, Google traffic, right? But they're really asking, how do I grow my business? How do I take things to the next level? So it's like 80% uh, you know, basically our technology and our processes. And then like 20% is like the psychology and like setting people up in ways that they haven't thought about. 
I love that. I was actually just watching Hard Knocks, the uh, the NFL documentary, and the head coach and and the head coach was talking about um, competitiveness. I think what is it about? And, and it wasn't just about the sport. And actually, a lot of times I know that college athletes, you know, a lot of times their parents are making the decision which college they go to. And the way that the coach usually sells them is, I'm not just making them a good football player. I'm making them a good man. I'm making them a good person. Um, so I, that's I don't know. That's kind of what you triggered me uh, to to think about there. How did you guys get started and uh, how'd you guys get your first customer? Yeah, so we got our first customer the good old fashioned way. Um, basically, we actually went through our existing network, right? Everybody, if you take a look through your, your address book, right, you'll know 300 to 500 people, um, a, a little bit more extroverted, right? So I, I know a little bit more than that, but I literally would t- make a list of every single business owner I knew and I would pitch them 10 ideas. Um, this was between my second company and my third Skyreel. And, um, on that idealist was like, you need to fix this for your website, like just value. Right. And I got this from a James Altucher. He has something called like being an idea machine where you come up with 10 ideas every day. And, uh, basically that's what I did during that period. I would come up with 10 ideas of how businesses can improve every day of just random things to get my idea muscle growing. And then, um, before in the past, I had a friend uh, who was also a business owner. He referred me to this uh, car dealership um, who we're actually working with today, ironically, right? But we did a social media campaign, did not go great, but the guy gave us a chance. Like he saw two young, hungry guys that are just like willing to, to hustle. And then uh, basically, um, you know, so that went okay. And that actually paid me like two, 3K a month. And I was like, that's great. And I was like, uh, you know, 25 at the time. And I was like, this is amazing. And then um, I said, okay, well, maybe I could pitch kind of websites and kind of these types of ideas to other people. I would pitch anything and everything to people, right? Like, but it almost basically luck, skill and luck, right? So I just kept going. And then I found my first client. And then um, my first client, I got in. And this is the number one thing, by the way, you guys or any other marketing agency owner should do. I should be doing more of your client has connections to your next uh, you know, referral, but not only that, also referral partners. So whenever you get into a new client account, you guys are probably also messing this up right now, right? I can, I can bet money on this because nobody, very few people have a great process here. You should know every single vendor your client is working with and you should take those people out to eat. And those people, that PR guy who also serves your client, right then and there, you have mutual trust. You serve Bob, you know, the next person also serves Bob. So you guys have Bob as a mutual client, even if you had Bob as a mutual client for, let's say, three months, six months, right? That, per, that PR person is much more comfortable giving you more referrals and vice versa. So that's basically how we started building it out. And uh, then, you know, I've done cold calls and everything else. Uh, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, no, I, I love that. Uh, do you remember any of your crazier pitches, whether it's one of the 10 suggestions or a straight up pitch or anything like that? I want to hear some uh, I want to hear some good stories. Like so 10 ideas of how like, uh, you know, like when I pitch people 10 ideas. I mean, there is. <clears throat> OK, so I'm going to have I'm going to give you this story. It's not uh, I guess it's kind of crazy. Not really. So basically, back then I would go to media. This is like in the sky real days. Right. Um, I would say I really made all my you know, I still make the foolish mistakes today, right? But, uh, you know, kind of the, the foolish mistakes for my age group at the time. I uh, uh, went and we actually, I did not have a car. So me and my cousin, actually, we're hustlers, right? Like, this is what I, why I love my partner, um, because he's just works just as hard as me. He'll put in the, the 70, 80 hours a week. So we would actually take 30 minutes of walking to the bus stop. We took the bus for, for 45 minutes to this meeting. Then we got to the to our client's uh, office. We joked with them about traffic in the drive over 
hint we did not have a car right he was like traffic was to kill you i was like i can't even afford a car this guy doesn't know it then we would walk th- so then we go to this guy we pitch our 10 ideas it turns out this meeting was an mlm meeting <laughs> he's actually selling us on his mlm so it's like a reverse pitch so i sit there through this guy's presentation and then what i do i guess what i have to do now now i have to walk 30 minutes back and then i have to take the bus 45 minutes back <laughs> there you go. so that's you know, so whenever I think of hardship, I think a lot of us actually forget about this, right? Like we don't think about Ukraine or, or you know, because it's so far away from home, but we forget about the really hard days. Like today, running a million dollar company, let's be honest, guys, like if you're running a company, like, and, and you're doing, you know, you're making six figures, like this shit's easy, right? Because when when I first had to start out, like I'm not going to have to walk 30 minutes, then sit on a bus for 30 minutes, walk another 15, 30 minutes, and then, you know, do the whole thing just to get one appointment in. You know, so anyways, there's a, I guess, a quote unquote crazy story. And the guy didn't even listen to my ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was great. I'm I'm, I'm going to push further. Is there another good story? Because I feel like you're just chock full of uh, good stories. So I'm one of these guys that can talk forever. So, OK, so you be careful. With <laughs> um, OK, so basically, um, so I'll, I'll tell you the story of, of how I my first uh, friend that I was basically uh went in and how I, I got him as a client, right? So one of my early clients actually, right? So my one of my early few pitched them 10 ideas. Hey, here's 10 things I think I'm willing to give you these ideas for free of which your business can be doing better, right? So basically I go in, right? And I pitch this guy my ideas. And so when I uh, when I pitch him my ideas, he's like, oh, these are great. And I'm like, cool. So you want, to do, want us to do marketing for you, right? He's like, no, nah, I don't like these ideas. Two weeks later, he hits me up. He's like, Vlad, how you doing? I was like, I'm doing great. He's like, I don't know why I just thought of your name randomly, but I have a list of phenomenal ideas that I just came up with that, Vlad, I think you might be the guy to implement. I was like, I was like, I just pitched this guy, but he takes all the credit. I'm like, great. You can have the credit, right? That's, that's the other thing okay. I like. Yeah. That's, you know, you can get, I, I forgot who said this, but uh, you can get anything done as long as you give other people the credit. Right. So I'm like, yeah, you know, you're a genius. I love these ideas. So I go in, right? This is one of my early clients. So I put up with a lot more BS back then because um, when you're when you're desperate, right? You put up with a lot more. So this guy, I talked to him. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then he's like, well, why don't you meet me at my place, right? And then so I, I meet back at, at like kind of his, uh, you know, office living situation. And then this guy is like, oh, Vlad, you know, do you want to smoke? I'm like, no, feel free to smoke. So basically, I'm just sitting there just listening to this guy, just praying somehow because I suck at sales at this point. And I'm and I'm you know, I don't have the guts to ask the right questions. I don't even have a framework, confidence, right? Throw everything out the door. So basically, I end up actually sitting through this guy just smoking. And just like the the room at this point is just filled with smog. I'm not a smoker, right? Mind you guys, right? And he's just smoking nonstop. The room's filled with smog. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm nodding my head. And then I get out of there still not knowing whether I'm going to close a deal with this guy just who just said he had these ideas. And luckily, he ended up turning into one of our other early clients. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. That's great. You have um, to in the early days, you know, you got to kind of just like, well, you don't have to, but it's 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 good experience. Are you are you still an idea factory? Or are you implementing some of these ideas as I mean, the world of SEO is changing a lot. Um, I'm sure PPC is changing a lot as well. But I know S- SEO right now is kind of like in a whole turmoil state. At least some people think so. I don't think it's in turmoil. You know, I was, I actually had an agency dinner with my friend because I'm a connector personally myself, right? I love people. 
So I, uh, I, I created, uh, I set up this dinner with these four agency friends of mine here, um, four of us total. And he said, you know, take a look at the, the, the government, right? The US government, they've got the FBI, CIA, they have some of the most advanced technology that we can't even imagine. They're probably listening to us, you know, right now, you know, they know what we're going to do before we even think, you know, like they probably have our, like, if they wanted to, they could probably map out your daily like route and know where you're going to go next. They still have employees. They still have staff. You know, they still have F-16 fighter jets, right? So our technology is only going to get stronger, but people are still going to need to pilot it, right? Because you're still going to use, at the end of the day, right? I think people are, are going to trust other people more than machines, as long as they're, uh, you know, in your circle, in your network. So there's still going to be people that, uh, you know, are in charge and you're just going to be able to get more done. I think that's how it's And you just got to be flexible, right? And in terms of ideas, I mean, I have too many, I have too many opportunities. So I just... Make sure to stay focused. That's really the biggest thing. And even today, I, I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, on the um, on the SEO front, do you partner with other agencies for SEO or just per, like specific, like other full, let's call it like full stack or full service marketing agencies just to offer either just PPC or just SEO? Yeah. So hundred percent, we, you know, I think if you're in the agency game and partnerships, you know, are, are really a big part of it. I don't know any uh, agency owners that don't know other agency owners. So when I think of, of partnership, right, I think of more than just, Hey, I'm going to give you, you know, $5,000, you refer me $5,000. I do more than that. I think about uh, masterminding strategy, pitch deck feedback. Hey, one of my uh, employees is having a tough time, right? Like, what should I do? Right. I have this scenario. You have that scenario. Legal compli- compliances, like all this kind of stuff. Right. We, I'm constantly getting advice, strategic feedback, forms. Right. So I've done all that partnership. Um, we have agencies that white label us for SEO. Um, you know, we refer things out all the time as well. So, um, you know, I just think it's important to create a, a, a you know, a win win environment for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um Anything you want to share with um, uh, what's come, at least your thoughts on what's coming up with uh, the GSE from Google generative search experience, generative search experience or anything there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think not just generative search, right? I think a lot is is changing. So we're actually working on on a, a web, on an AI uh, website right now. Um, it's got 200,000 pages, right? And so these people um, that we're working with um, are actually doing uh, auto builds, right? So they're automatically building these these websites out. So I think the future is going to be a lot more um, automated when it comes to websites, right? Like I see that like more and more in the community. Um, you know, my friends who had the affiliate sites, they can create even higher quality affiliate sites. Um, the biggest key, though, I think I think skills for the future, right? Um, especially for AI, this really ties into uh, technical SEO. Right. So as, as a company, like as a company overall, right, like what do we specialize in? Like we've got small business clients, <clears throat> healthcare is like a portfolio arm and mold. And so, you know, we have like these specialties. Right. But um, everybody, no matter what field you're in, right, is going to be looking at AI. And what matters the most um, in SEO is going to be technical SEO. So stuff like, uh, uh, you know, data hierarchy, uh, uh, structure of your website, schema right is the biggest thing so we're doing a, a lot of schema consultation right now for uh for ai and i think uh google is going to use that data and then that's how they're going to help uh, continuously pre-populate searches right and you've seen it with knowledge panels i mean people have like, 10 different names for them like knowledge panel knowledge cards side panels 
right? Um, profiles, however you uh, you know you want to uh, label them. But I think Google is just going to keep pre-populating answers. I think it used to be like Google's goal used to be like the number one, uh, you know, kind of directory, right? Now it's going to it's going to be going more towards like, hey, we want to be the number one source, and the winners are going to be the people who pre-populate the best answers and, and give it the best data. So. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've seen on some searches, um, as you scroll down now that Google's gotten rid of the pagination um, on mobile, and you scroll down, and then the backgrounds start changing. Now they're different colors, and there's different sections, and they have a bunch of the Q&A has expanded, videos have expanded. It's just, it seems like over the last, I don't know, five, six months, it's changed so much. It's it has to. So here's the scariest part that we haven't even talked about, right? Is that um, when it comes to search, right? Google, I, I actually predict is is not doing is not going to be doing as great. Like I don't think they're going to end up being the king of search forever, right? And that's why they're changing. So they have to change, right? They have to adapt because um, you know their their whole you know you know about Bard and their whole ChatGPT scare. Like there's searches that I do that are informational searches, right? That I just do on ChatGPT4 right now, right? We're, we're uh, uh, you know, messing around with their different plugins on there, right? And so because I have access, right, to this data, I don't, guys, here's here's a fun one, right? Like you don't even have to, um, when you're doing customer research, I go actually into ChatGPT4 and I do customer research that way. Like you guys, whoever's listening out there, you can say who are the top 50 to 100 influencers in X space, then basically ChatGPT will give you the top 100 influencers, right? So you don't even have to go online and search for the key players in your field that you want to network with anymore, right? Like not local. I tried that from like national and it was great. And then I went local to like, I think we were doing an example. Um, we wanted like the best plumbers in this area and it wouldn't do it. But yeah. maybe on Bard, I, I didn't try it on Bard yet. Well, right. We, and we have to preface that, right? So today, guys, is August 24th, 2023, right? That's it, it can't do local today, right? Like, I'm sure none of us here would be surprised at all if for the next six to, months to a year, you could get the same results, you know, because you could do it nationally, then you could do it local, right? That's not, you know, difficult, I don't think, right? You know, difficult, I don't think, right? Yeah, agreed. Good point. Yeah, no, that's great, a- uh, Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was just say great, great questions. I I uh, was going to wrap up with a few of my last questions, Alex. Unless you had another one, I'll go for it. Um, so, Vlad, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? Man, I should be flipping these questions out on you guys. Actually, really. Um, so I'll, I'll do that actually. But um, I think the number and you guys actually talked about this earlier. I think the number one thing as a marketer you need to learn is how to build a community right? That's what it comes down to, right? Like you can do a million cold spam reach outs, right? Great, right? Go ahead, do that. That works. That can work. We actually had a client from that as well, right? But right at the end of the day, you're going to make the most profit from building an engaged community around a topic, right? So the question is, right? What about the business or the surf, uh, the service that you're providing, right? What about it excites you the most? And where can you build a community around that? Right. Because people will genuinely see, you know, your your excitement. So I think uh, that's like the, the best companies in the world have the best communities. Right. And so everything else you're doing is just building comp- uh, building value for that community as you're building that audience. You know, and so that's 
that's the like the thing that I would if I had to write a book on marketing, right? I, it would all be about commu- you know like your community is, is what it would be called, and that's what it's all about. So as a um, as a marketing agency owner, is that community for you a specific industry or is it something else? Great question. So we're building out portfolio arms, right? So today, yes, we do business with uh, small service companies, right? But for the outreach side, when it's cold, right? Like the colder somebody is, right? And and if I can't uh, uh, go, you know, go and warm, the more knowledgeable I need to do. I, I need to do my research. I need to be right. So that's where I'll go in and I'll actually do a lot of research on the industry. So I'm actually going all in on the mold remediation niche because we started with healthcare, which was like business, right? I mean, we've had plumbers and those types of clients in the past as well, right? So it was hard to, to niche down. But we ended up saying, okay, we're going to focus on mold remediation. So because of that, I was literally talking to a mold remediation owner yesterday, and it was a phenomenal conversation. He was like, Blank is our biggest competitor. I was like, yeah, I know uh, You know, this person's name is actually who's running your biggest competitor's like, whole business, right? And so you go much deeper. So... Um, you know, we we decided to go into mold remediation, and the, here's the other thing for um, that I can teach marketers, I guess, right? Um, is I don't think I'm a guru by any means. It's only, only eight years here, but basically, um, let the let the market come to you, right? Uh, you know, I was talking to uh, Jeff Dorso, who's a phenomenal entrepreneur, and he he quoted Eugene Schwartz, who talks about channeling the desire of your customers, right, of your market. So let the data do the speaking. Like we went after mold because we noticed people were coming to us about these things. And a lot of times, as you guys can tell by my big mouth, everybody loves to talk, but you're going to make a lot of money in in listening as well, right? And doing that research. And so every business I think is can be positioned to be the best at uh, you know, kind of where the market is telling them to go. That's yeah, no, that's great. Um, how can you guys work with other marketing agencies or what services can you kind of partner with other agencies? Yeah. So the way we work with other marketing agencies is a they come in and and like I, I talked about these brainstorm sessions. You know, I mean, I have tips for people who are just trying to get to their first million. I'm in a group right now, and the theme of the group is breaking your five million dollar ceiling. Uh, which I'm excited about, right? Um, you know, there's people that are, are bigger than me that are, uh, you know, I've met people at the eight and nine figure levels, and I actually introduce them to one another, right? So at the end of the day, I think partnerships are just really all about a getting feedback from others, and then be in valuable introductions, whether that's a referral, or it's a referral to a referral partner, right? Or it's a referral, I'll give you another one, I got referred to a tax guy. Now I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy who uh, referred me to this tax guy from Score. This this agency owner only did like 300k. So I was thinking, like, Ego Vlad would have been like, don't don't listen. I listened. Guy, the the person I was referred to who just did taxes saved me thirty thousand dollars in cash, net cash, right? And I did not. It cost me zero dollars. Great deal, right? So I think I think that's how all uh, uh, agency owners can partner up with one another, right? Is is through the uh, giving each other quality feedback through quality relationships, right? And then obviously uh, introducing that's that's all of business development, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I and guess you mentioned um, specifically that there's a number of agencies right now that come to you for white labeled SEO, right? Is that is is that one of the, like if you were working with other agencies, is that one of the main things that you help them with is SEO? Yeah, 100%. Like the five agents. So we have five agencies that white label us. 
and a couple contractors, but um, that's the main thing that they go to us for is SEO because uh, my partner, his family built a company called Moz, you know? So if you're in the SEO space, you've heard of Moz. They're like in the top five of all tools, right? So Evan's brother built that, right? That's her, that's my claim to fame. So we're, and we're very deep on technical SEO and we're also very deep on helping other, uh, uh, you know, marketing agencies implement SEO for their clients. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks. Are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? We are actually in the middle of hiring a senior SEO right now, you know, and that's a whole different spiel. We can talk about hiring, what makes a great team. But um, yes, you know, and we're always looking for great talent because I think it's important, right? Um, whether it's just uh, us, I would actually, if somebody's looking for a job out there for SEO, feel free to contact me, send me your resume because, you know, sometimes we're looking to hire. Other times I have agency friends. And, you know, we vet people for one another and then they just start sending warm referrals out my way. That way, I'm a bit more confident that the, the candidate is actually qualified and then we go through our process. Yeah, yeah perfect. And then last question, uh, any books, podcasts or newsletter recommendations? Yeah. So this is like a never ending one um, because I listen to like an audio book a week. Um, and after I finish, I actually would love to hear your guys' suggestions as well for books, podcasts, recommendations. You know, and if I could, if if you didn't have your format, I would just flip all the questions on you guys. But um, basically, I'll go first. Um, so my favorite book of all time uh, in business execution is called The One Thing by Gary Keller. You know, the guy is, you know built a billion dollar company, um, and so that's one of my favorite books. Um, there's also a book that I reread from time to time called Give and Take by Adam Grant. That's a great book. And then, man, this is so hard. Uh, okay, what what topic for for just agency owners? You said for books? No, no, I, I, mine's not going to be business or anything related. It's mine's uh, mine's fiction, so uh, it could be anything. Okay, um, okay. Well, so number three, let's go with. Okay, so I think this book is very few people are going to read it, and therefore more people should read it. Is uh, Anti Fragile by Nassim Taleb, and he talks about how do you um, you know actually have this mindset of not uh, you know, like fragility is breaking down very easily, right? What if it, it was opposite? Not like robust means you're you're invulnerable, right? But actually, what happens if like mistakes make you stronger, right? How do how do you create a, a how do you become a person? How do you create a company uh, in a in a world where mistakes and problems actually increase its value? So that's a, a great book that I've finished recently that I don't think a lot of people will check out. I haven't heard of that one yet, but that sounds great. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, Alex, you got a book recommendation? Um, I have a bunch. Um, it depends, I guess, where you are. Um, so we actually, we run a book club with all of our project managers. Um, we read a chapter a week, and then we um, discuss issues in the book, takeaways, and then action steps. Um, that's how the first chapter starts. Next chapter, we go through the same three. But at the end, we also talk about what you did from last week. Um, and I can talk about the week. The, we just finished a book. We just finished the five dysfunctions of a team, which is a great book. Um, and the next one, so I'll, I'll give a pitch about that. Five dysfunctions of a team. It's kind of like um, there's a story aspect to it in the beginning. And then at the end, it goes in and actually breaks down the five dysfunctions exactly like what you should be doing. Uh, um, but um, it's basically one builds on the other. So essentially, you break down how you communicate together to have full trust, and then you work through actually like achieving results together. That one is great. And now um, 
we actually kind of like went a step back and we're reading a book about habits. So we we posted a bunch of books about habits that I've read and um, other people added their own books about habits and we chose The Power of Habits. Um, and that book is really interesting because the um, the stories from that book get into not only like here's how you create habits, but understanding why we create habits like naturally um, from a scientific standpoint, why why our bodies create habits such as like you learn how to breathe and you learn how to digest things. Um, once you understand that and you want to either add a new habit or change one that's not, um, you know, that's not of service to you or causing you harm, um, you understand better how to do it. So that's a really good book if you're trying to build a good foundation for habits, such as like journaling every night. That's really interesting you said those two. Um, I had a a friend's dad who was just like this very successful person that I knew. And one time years ago, I asked him to just recommend a few books. And both of those books were were in his like five recommendations. So that's uh, that's pretty crazy you said that. All right, I'm going to throw a curveball in here then because you guys gave enough uh, marketing and business books. And um I just read the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Tarantino. So it's his book, but it's actually not just the movie. It's actually like subplots that kind of touch the movie and don't. And I'm obsessed with Tarantino, so I'll I'll pitch him anytime I can. Um, and then my very generic, boring answer is meditations. Uh that just that book did a lot for me. I, I love stoicism and I know it's trending right now and everything. So uh so those are my two. So uh as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with, Vlad. Yeah, I mean, you can find me. I'm, I'm, I'd like to think I'm fairly approachable, right? So you can add me on Facebook, Vlad McCutumian, or you can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, Vlad Gives on Twitter and then Instagram. Although I'm, I'm there sometimes, is Vlad Gives also there? And uh, LinkedIn. Um, you just mentioned this podcast. You know, I listen, you just got to start off with I listen to this podcast. I have like a, I literally have like a hundred people trying to add me right now that I don't know where I met them from. So I'm like, eh. But um, yeah, that's how you can get in touch. You know, I'm always happy to, I think it's much easier to speak to people who've done research on you, right? So if you listen to those podcasts and you reach out, most likely you'll get a meeting with me. Um, and then uh, my last tip, I guess, for people would be just focus on building your community towards where you want to be. I think that's that's key. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you who learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality guests. And as always, thank you for listening, Vlad. Uh, I think I smiled uh, and enjoyed this call more than most, if not all of them. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks, Vlad. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.